everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Well, good morning, church. I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to John 17. I'm going to read to you verses 12 to 19, and as we open the Scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, bring your word into every living room church we've got this week. Lord, open your word to us and open us to your word, to the glory of the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. And the church said, amen. At verse 12, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. This is God's word, and we're grateful. We're grateful. Well, it's Mother's Day 2020. One to remember. And I had a really hard time getting brunch reservations. Anybody else? We're not going to forget this one. But we're grateful for the mothers in our lives. I'm grateful for the mothers that, that are in our lives. And it's a perfect Sunday for us to talk about one of the great challenges that the church faces, a challenge that every church and every time has faced, reaching the next generation for Christ. You know, in every, in every generation of the church, uh, from A.D. 1, I mean, the refrain has been the same. Oh, it's not going to happen. They're not getting it. They're not, they're not following Jesus. They're not understanding it. I think, I think it ends with us. I think the gospel dies here. The church is finished, and, and this is it for Christianity. And then what does Jesus do? Have you noticed? Faithfully, he finds his way into every single generation. He walks into every generation. And the question isn't, it isn't will they follow him? They'll follow him. The question is, will we follow him? Will we follow Jesus into the next generation? We're talking about revival. The COVID revival of 2020. I'm praying for it. And we need to be prepared because the world is ripe for a wave of new faith in Jesus Christ. When everything is taken away, what matters most comes into stark relief. Crisis leads to Christ, and we need to be prepared to host revival right here. We're studying uh, John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer, and taking five shifts to prepare to host revival right here. 
Revival isn't something that we do. It's something that God does. But we can pray and we can prepare and we can posture ourselves as much as possible to follow Jesus on his mission of revival. The first shift was a shift from confusion to clarity. Verse 3, for this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's clarity. That's clarity. The second shift last week was a shift from building to people. A shift from thinking about the church as a building to thinking about the church as people. Church is not a building to be preserved. It's not an institution to be defended. It's not a religious service provider looking for membership dues. No, the church church is a people, a movement of people on mission for Jesus. And today we take up a third shift. A third shift from past bound to future captured. From past bound to future captured. We're not bound to the past. We love our past. We love our history. But our dreams are more important to us than our legends. Our future means more to us than our past. We are sold out on gaining First Pres 2030. We're captured by it. We've got to move into it. Reaching the next generation for Christ. You see, the past is precursor. We have a future to gain, and the best is always yet to come. A.W. Tozer said, the treacherous enemy facing the church of Jesus Christ today is the dictatorship of the routine. The dictatorship of the routine. What was he talking about? He was talking about our our tendency to become past bound. That something in the past, you know, in that time it was fresh and innovative and, and, and it was effective and so it became meaningful. But then before you know it, it became routine and tired. And before you know it, we were bound to it. See, when you're past bound, it means that what was now defines what is, you see, and sets the limits of what will be. We're past bound. That's a, that's a dead place. It's a stuck place. You see, the body is a, the church is a body. And any body, like the human body, any body that ceases to move and grow, well, what does it do? It starts to, to descend into illness, become sedentary and sick. Tozer said there's a dry rot in the church. He said the church is afflicted with dry rot when the psychology of non-expectation takes over and spiritual rigidity sets in. It's an inability, he said, an inability to visualize anything better, a lack of desire for improvement. Oh, what a, what a horrible position for any church to be in. But it's an absolutely terrible place for a church to be in 
when she's trying to offer herself as a potential host for tomorrow's revival. We're not bound to the past. We're captured by the future. You see, our past glories do not bind and limit our future potential. Yesterday builds a platform, and it's not a box. It's a platform where we can leap off and grab tomorrow. You see? We're inspired by our past. We're encouraged by our past. God has done it in our people before. But we're not bound by the past. The past propels us into the future, and we know that God will do it among us Again, we don't pine away for the past. We don't long for First Pres to return to First Pres 1990. No, no. We are captured. And we are leaning in to, to First Pres 2030. Can you imagine it? Jesus prayed for it. Verse 12. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. Listen, there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, he says, I protected them by that name you gave me. He protected them. Jesus was like a, he was a defender. He was protective of his, of his disciples, of his children, of his brood, you see. He was kind of like, he was like a mother bear. He's going to protect them. He's going to keep them. He's going to guard them. He's going to keep them safe. But now he's coming to this place where he's going to have to go on, and they're going to have to go forward without him. In fact, he's just prayed right before this, verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they're still in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. So protect them by the power of your name. You protect them. It's like a mother. It's like a father. He's, he's worried about his kids, you know, going off when they have to go off on their own. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. His heart is for what's going to happen to them as they move out. See, they're going to face opposition. Verse 14. Verse 14, Jesus prays, uh, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I of the world. They're going to face opposition. It's going to be hard. Nevertheless, they have to be sent. They must be sent. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. He's worried about them. He's praying for them. They're going to face opposition, but they got to go. They got to go, you know. You can't live in the basement forever. I mean, he's, he's going to send them out. He's going to send them out. With each of my, uh, my four kids, I can remember the moment that they learned how to ride a bike without training wheels. I remember it because I was there. You know, and I can remember that moment of, of holding their seat and running with them. And I, I remember the feeling when their momentum took over and they were out of my hand. Listen, there's a reason why that picture is in every doggone TV commercial out there. I mean, that's powerful. And it kind of sums up what it means to be a parent. And it totally sums up what Jesus is praying for us as his church, as he pushes us into the future, as he sends us into the future. And there's three steps to it, right? There's three steps to that. There's, there's hold, and there's release, 
and there's help. There's this moment of hold, like I'm holding you, I got you. You can feel my strength. Nothing bad can happen to you. My arm is right here, and I'm with you, and I'm running with you. It's like Jesus said, I protected them, I guarded them, I cared for them, I kept them, and then I'm holding them, I'm holding them, but then there's, there's the next step, there's the release. Off you go. And then... There's the help, right? Oh, no. Okay, it's okay. I'm coming. I've got Band-Aids. It's going to be okay. There's the help. The hold, the release, and then the help. The hold is, is critical, you see, but it doesn't stay there. It doesn't stay there in parenting. and doesn't stay there for any church that wants to host revival tomorrow, any church that wants to move forward into the future and reach the next generation. It doesn't stay in the hold. The hold gives way to release. How, how is release for you? That's hard, isn't it? Let go. To hand it off. As a church, we must bend ourselves to dreaming and visualizing. We must bend ourselves to, to lean into the future. We must innovate. We must grow and change. We must resist the psychology of non-expectation, the tyranny of the routine. We've got to resist that. And we've got to do everything we can to bend ourselves to, to dreaming, to visualizing, to picturing the future and praying for the future and living into those dreams as much as we can to reach the next generation for Christ, to release you see, you know how it goes. You know, I'm, I'm 46 right now. And so it's hard for me as a 46-year-old to picture life as a 16-year-old. As we go forward, as we go to First Pres 2030, well, I'll be 56. And that 16-year-old, they're going to be 26 and on session and telling me what to do. So we've got to, you know, we've got to move. We've got to move. We have got to do everything we can to have expectation, hope for improvement, hope for change, hope for innovation, to be relevant, to be ready, to be set, to reach First Pres 2030. We've got to do it because the next generation is coming. And right here is a cut to video. So congratulations to the class of 2020. You see, this is that Sunday where we, we celebrate our graduates and, and uh, usually we would be giving out second grade Bibles and celebrating confirmation and, uh, and celebrating our preschools and, 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 and from now on commissioning uh, classes of First Pres fellows on their way year after year. And we're doing all those things in different ways. We're doing them a little bit later. But this is that Sunday where we elevate our desire, our, our conviction to move into the next generation for Christ. We're not past bound. The future, the 
The future is too beautiful, you see. There's too much to it. We're captured by that. We're enraptured by it. First Pres 2030. Think of those young people and the church that we will hand them. I want you to just, just close your eyes. Just imagine First Pres 2030. Do you think we're going to be alone in our living rooms forever? No, this is gone. And I want you to imagine the church, First Pres 2030, gathered in strength. I want you to imagine us lifting up the name of Jesus in the heart of downtown Colorado Springs. We're filling up the halls of worship. We're filling up the sanctuary. We're filling up the worship center and we're lifting the name of Jesus. And people are coming to faith week after week. There's new belief. There's new faith. There's new life because we're committed to giving the gospel to people with clarity and with conviction and with power and lives are being changed. And there's children's ministry. There's youth ministry. There's college ministry. There's singles. There's fellows. And we're reaching this next generation. We're growing in strength and in impact. Reaching out to every place where the city hurts. And First Pres is on the rise. We're not past bound. We're future captured. We're enraptured. And we're going to go. We're going to make it to First Pres 2030. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? How does Jesus pray us into the future? where there's the hold, where he's going to hold us and we're going to be protected. He's going to have his strength with us. And then there's the release. Let's look at the release. What's in the release? Look at verse, verse 13. I am coming to you now, says Jesus, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my, what? Joy within them. There's something to joy in the release. Oh, how many, how many preachers skip over this, this verse? Like, I get, the, I get the protection, you know? They're going to need protection. Next verse, hatred. I get the hatred because they're going to get the word of God in them and they're going to have the light of Christ in them and there's a lot of, they're going to face a lot of hatred in the world because the world is full of of terrible things. The world is full of viruses and, and, and bad people and, and, and evil, violent men and, and people that think that, that hate the word of God, that hate the light of God and hate the people that, that follow the word of God and that shine the light of Christ. They hate, they think they're crack-brained fools. They're just irrelevant. And so they're gonna face hatred. They're gonna face opposition. I get that. I get that. Joy. I don't understand. I think I'll skip it. No. Jesus said, I've told them these things that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Are you willing to open your heart to the full measure of the joy of Christ? Let me tell you a secret. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord, that's your momentum. That's, your, that's what gets you moving. That's what, when you're on that bike, that's what gets the wheels spinning and gets you moving ahead, lifts your head, and gives you the strength to overcome the opposition. There's joy in the release of the Lord. How does he pray us into the future? There's hold, there's release, and there's help. There's help. 
When it comes to help, Jesus is praying here for three different things. He's praying for protection, for purpose, and for power. Now, let me just give you the the answer to the question up front. What is Jesus praying for here? He is praying for the Holy Spirit to be stirred up and poured out in the people of God with protection and purpose and power. Protection. Verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You can't take them out of the world. The world's where the mission is. That's where the mission is. God hasn't given up on the world. And so Jesus says, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but as they're in the world, they're going to need protection. And I want you, Lord, pour your Holy Spirit, pour the Holy Spirit over them that they know protection, that they have the Holy Spirit in power within them that they know that they are rooted and grounded in faith. Lord, in this world, protect them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fill them with the light of the Holy Spirit so that the darkness, just, it just disperses in front of them. Fill them up with such confidence in faith by the, by the Holy Spirit that the deceiver has no purchase that the lies that he tells can't penetrate their mind because they're too full of the Holy Spirit and the light of Christ and the life that you give them. You see, Jesus, he doesn't pray for them. Oh, Lord, keep them from hard stuff. Lord, please keep them safe. No, no, he prays, Lord, when they're in the hard places, you give them strength. You give them power to overcome. You give them, Lord, the Holy Spirit within them to drive past, to be faithful in hard times, to be overcoming, to be light in the darkness. Praise for the Holy Spirit. That's your help. Protect them. Protect them. There's power in the name of Jesus, friends. And then he prays purpose, protection, purpose, purpose. Uh, look, uh, verse, verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. Do you know yourself as sent by God? Listen, I... We're going to talk about this. In two weeks, I promise, this is my second promise, we're going to talk about this. Do you know that you are sent by God with purpose? We're going to take the whole message on that two weeks from now. Protection, purpose, and power. Power. What's the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to look at this word sanctify. Okay, verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Friends, the whole sermon could be this verse. I'm telling you. Sanctify them. What is sanctify? What is sanctify? Well, it means purify, you know, um, perfect, make holy. Uh, it, means, it means that. It also means set aside for a purpose. Look how Jesus says this. In verse 19, he says, For them I sanctify myself. Well, what do you mean? Did did Jesus need to be made holy? No, no. He says, I sanctify myself so that they too may be truly sanctified. That's much better understood. Jesus is saying, look, Lord, I, I set myself aside for a purpose so that they may also be set aside for a purpose. Sanctify. We get uh, justification and sanctification confused. We, we think we need, to, we need to polish ourselves up and get ourselves ready to be of any use to Jesus. 
No, no. See, Jesus, he set himself aside so that you could be forgiven of your sins. He set himself aside and he went to the cross. And he died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins so that you could be justified, that you could be in a right relationship with God. And once you're justified, see, once you've come to Jesus and, and, and you've confessed your sins and you've opened your heart and you've professed your faith and you've put your hands in his, once you've come to Jesus and you recognize that there's nothing that you can do to earn your way into God's good graces or to earn God's love, that Jesus has done it all. Once you rest in his, in his love, in his care, and you recognize there's nothing I can do, I've got to rely on Jesus. I'm going to have to take his hand and let him carry me. I'm going to have to let him do what only he can do for me. And once you're in that right relationship with God because of what he's done, not because of what you've done, and you're in that right relationship, with you're justified, you're forgiven, you're made whole in your relationship with God, this God who loves you so much, he loves you just the way you are, he loves you too much to leave you that way, and the Holy Spirit is stirred up and poured out into your life to give you freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from bondage to your sins. And and that sanctification begins to set you free from the past. You're not past bound. You are set free. You're set free. And it's power. It's power to be made different. It's power to be made new. It's power to be altered and to have life. And you're sanctified. Or at least you're on the way. You're on the road. (laughs) There's an ancient Greek uh, myth in in mythology. Um, You know, they had these heroes in uh, Greek mythology that always got all these tasks that they had to do. The gods would give them these tasks. And there was a, a Greek hero named Heracles, and he was given the task the task of cleaning the Aegean stables. Now, King Aegeus, he had been given 3,000 cattle by the gods, you know, and he kept them for 30 years in his stables. 3,000 cattle for 30 years. As they say, the dung stinketh, right? So the gods said to Heracles, okay, this is what you've got to do. You've got to clean out the Aegean stables, and they, they did it as a punishment. They wanted both to embarrass him and, frankly, to kill him doing it. But Heracles, he didn't want to die scooping poop, which I appreciate him for that, right? And so what does he do? He, uh, he goes up and he diverts the flow of a river, and he bursts open the side of the stables, and the river flows through the stables and clears all that stuff out. I like that. 3,000 cattle, 30 years. It's a lot of stink. Friends, there are places in our lives that we believe, there are places in your heart that you believe can never be washed clean. It's too much, too long, too heavy, too thick. No, no. There are places that we think, I can never get past that. I can never be washed pure of that. Listen, we're talking about revival. And we're praying for the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of God to come down into our lives with power to release us from the past.
And the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus prayed for us that the Spirit of God would be stirred up and poured into us. The Holy Spirit of God, rivers of living water, that it would be poured through us to sanctify us and to set us free. Jesus prayed that we would know the power of the Holy Spirit like a spring of eternal life. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, out of them rivers of living water will flow within them. A door is open for you. A window is open for you. You have an opportunity today for God is at work and is on the move. Will you open your heart to the joy of the Lord? Will you open your heart to the streams of living water flowing down to wash you through and through? We're not past bound. We're future captured. Christ has prayed us so. He's prayed us into it. He's prayed that we would be held, always protected by the loving hand of God. He's prayed that we would be released, that we would feel the joy of of purpose, of rushing into his mission. And he has prayed that we would be helped by the power of the Holy Spirit, stirred up and poured out into us. Friends, can there be revival without the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. And Jesus has prayed that in your heart, streams of living water would flow through you, washing you clean, setting you free. Isaiah said, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, for I will pour water on the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. on your descendants, my blessing. Friends, how does Jesus pray us into the future? How does he pray us into the next generation? With joy. With joy you draw from the wells of salvation. With the full measure of joy you feel the power of the Spirit of God moving within you. With joy, the church steps forward from generation to generation. We're not bound to the past. You see, what's back there? The wrongs? The wrongs are forgiven. They're washed out. What's back there? The the right things that we want to do again? The right things. They were good in their season. But they don't limit us. They don't limit our dreams of what we're going to become in the future. The past it's released. We're not past bound. We're future captured. And Jesus has prayed for us and he is stirring up the Holy Spirit of God and he is pouring it out into us that we with joy would walk forward and dream of the future. And Jesus is walking with confidence straight into the next generation and you and I we will follow him Lord grant us courage when we feel bound to the past when we feel unsure of the future 
when we're not certain of what you're doing, Lord, or how we're going to get from where we are to where we need to be, Lord, give us courage. Pour out your Holy Spirit within us. Set us free from the wrongs of the past. Set us free from the rights of the past. Lord, give us dreams and visions that captivate our hearts and move our feet and drive us into your future for your glory. In Jesus' name. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.